Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. I'm just so delighted that we can be part of church where we get to do life together. But I do know this, that in the season where we're believing that it's a season of new things and we're believing for more, then I believe also what is asked of us is, are we willing? See, the kingdom of heaven is not poised and ready to move on our behalf. God's not, not willing. He's absolutely willing and he's committed. He gave his son. He was that committed that he gave his very best that you and I might know what it is to have a relationship with him. When we think about the fact that as we've been singing, as we declare God's word, that his Holy Spirit who lives within us, that we've been born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides in us, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. It's limitless what's possible. It's epic. It's endless possibilities in Christ. That we have the ability to see the profound take place. That the church, as I made that statement before, welcome the church, the place where anything could happen, and it probably will, and it probably should. That the, the extra normal should take place, take place in church, because we're God's children, and He declares that where we worship Him, He's gathered, where we're gathered in His name, that His presence comes. Last week, Rach preached an incredible message about the Holy Spirit. I so myself was impacted at the truths that um, Rachel unpacked again about who he is, that he's not a something, that he's a person, that he's a part of the Godhead, he's part of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we read, um, Rachel read out of Genesis 1 last week about the Holy Spirit, how the Father said, let us make man in, his, in our own image. Let us make man like us in our own image. The Holy Spirit hovered over the waters and was waiting for the spoken word of God to bring something out of nothing, to create with the spoken word of God. And when we understand that it's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives and abides in us, and that we're Christ's ambassadors here on earth, we have a responsibility to not just live a life that's cautiously excited about our God, we either believe what the Word of God tells us and, and it explains to us that with God, that we are the majority, yeah. that with the Holy Spirit upon our lives and God in our lives, that we are the game changer yeah. here on earth. It's not about everybody else. It's about us taking our responsibility. It's our time to step up to the plate and to bat, not to look at the, uh, the others batting in the game either shooting the goal in the game. It's about us taking our responsibility, standing up to the plate and batting, yeah. owning it. This is our finest hour. Yeah. I'm so glad. I said in the first service, I'm so glad that I didn't live 20 or 30 years ago, but then I realized, well, I did. Uh, but I'm so glad that I didn't live a lot longer than that. But I'm so glad I live now in this day, in this generation, in this dispensation of grace, but able to see God doing the profound thing that, that things that he's doing now. It's the Holy Spirit who brings cornonia and allows cornonia, relationship, fellowship, knitting together, a bonding together community. But the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is the regeneration of the human spirit. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to draw people into a relationship, 
to convict man of sin, people of sin and their need for God. 1 Corinthians 15, 15 says, It's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, and He lives and abides in you. With Him, the Holy, with the Holy Spirit upon and in our lives, as I said before, we become the game changer. When I think about the Scripture that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully towards Him, I know that God's looking to bring His super upon our natural at every opportunity. Every time that we will make room for Him and be willing, He will bring His super upon our natural. He doesn't ask us to be something that we can't be. He declares to us what we can be and what is actually possible for us. That it is possible to lay hands on the sick and to see them healed. That it is possible to speak to things that seem immovable and see them change. It is possible to take authority over demonic strongholds, over areas and over people's lives. That's our job. It tells us in Mark 16 about that. You and I, though, have the responsibility, and I believe that he's asking us in this season of new things, are we willing? Are we willing to own our responsibility? Are we willing to stand up and be counted for God? God is naturally drawn to an atmosphere and an environment of faith. The challenging thing is that you and I are responsible to create that atmosphere and environment around our lives on a daily basis. It's not somebody else's responsibility to break through for you. Let's put it another way. I would love to nominate somebody to go to the gym for me and to make me big and buff. Would somebody go for me? It's not going to happen. I'd love to nominate somebody to do other things that I may not want to do. But it's not their responsibility. It's my responsibility as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We have an opportunity and responsibility to stand and to reign and to rule. We're not the minority. We're the majority. All of heaven backs us. We can't see it. But in the spiritual realm, if we could pull back this roof and we could actually see what surrounds us. All the host of heaven backs you when you step out on the water. God is there wanting to actually back you in every way. When you pray for your friends, when you pray for the sick, when you see other needs and you want to stand in the gap, God wants to back you. His eyes are drawn and range throughout the earth looking to show himself strong on behalf of them. We create those environments, that atmosphere of faith and expectation and a promise and of declaration through, the, through our praise. Our praise shifts things. As we begin to lift our voice in song, we begin to declare who God is. This is how we fight our battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, that you're the way maker. I might feel like I have lead in my shoes, but you're the one who said that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There are things we make room for and accommodate in our lives that are so not this. It's so easy in this life, isn't it? Just actually settle and actually just case Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be. But we create that environment through the praise, through the Word of God, the written Word of God. It's not a legalistic book. It's God's love letter to you and I. It's His instruction on how to live a successful life and how to be all He has created us to be. It gives us the, the ability to walk from where we are now to where we're going to finish the rest of our days, achieving all that God has placed in front of us to achieve in our lifetime, being all that He's called you to be in your lifetime, not just some of the things. He's given us the guidelines and the patterns to be able to do that. And we also create that atmosphere through prayer, through breaking open things in prayer. 
When I think about the Word of God and the instruction book on how to live, how to live the godly life, I'm so glad that he didn't just say, pray the prayer and that's it, but he gave us this Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that he didn't just make himself known and say, well, all the best, but he gave us his Word. Be a bit like buying a brand new car. I said to somebody in the first service, they had a nice car, but I said, I guarantee they checked out what that car could do, how fast it would go from zero to 100. I guarantee they checked out how comfortable it was going to be, the fuel economy. They found many different things out about that particular car. They read the manual, and they found out what was possible. You could adjust the seats. You could adjust the heat, the heat in the seats. You could adjust how far they could go forward and back, lay them back, look at the sunroof, all those kinds of things. But they only know what the car is capable, not just by stumbling their way through. They find out through the manual. We don't have to stumble our way through life, existing in a pain of play, a, a place of pain and separation, not being or receiving all that is ours in our lifetime. God's made it clear in His Word that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we've been bought with a price, that we're costly, that we're precious, that we're not just same old, same old. You're an incredible miracle. You, you are special to God and that everything about you, He loves you. He cares about you. He doesn't want you to live a substandard life. When Christ came into your life, He didn't want just to come into some parts of your life. He wants to come into all parts of our lives. He loves it. It's amazing the things that we make room for or the things that we would accommodate at times that are contrary to how God's asked us to live. You see, we can have a form of godliness. And really, when in our hearts nobody knows, we can be completely ungodly. We can say that we're one thing, and our actions speak another thing. We can, op- we can literally, we can, we can look like we've got all together on the outside, but on the inside it's a different story. God doesn't want us to live like that. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 16 says this, For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what, do fellowship, uh, what fellowship can light and have with darkness? What harmony is between Christ and Baal? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? We're the temple of the living God. Why is it that we make room for these things at times? Why is it we allow ourselves to live substandard to what we can have? Is there anybody else here that you read the things that are possible? You read some of the incredible stories and you feel a little bit provoked. You feel a little bit stirred at what you could have, but we find ourselves that we settle. We have been created in the image of God, but we're being transformed into His likeness. We are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We've been made, being made new in our mental disposition, as it talks about in Ephesians, the way that we think and the way that we would reason. I believe at times we make room for things that appease how we feel when we become impatient, when we've been praying for things and things don't actually take place when we'd like them to take place. Or when we become discouraged. Discouragement, it means this, it means a loss of confidence. Enthusiasm, to feel dejected or have a lack of courage. Or when we allow ourselves to be swayed by the opinions of others. I can remember a time in my life between the ages of 14 to about 18. Hadn't met Rachel then, um, just in case you were wondering. 
Um, but I remember, um, but she was wow when I met her. She still is wow. But I remember a time in my life where I just, I fell in love with God. I literally just, I fell in love with Him. I fell in love with His Word. I fell in love with worship and prayer. And I loved knowing what it was to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I can tell you at that time, though, the opinions of others, it wasn't very popular to do the things I wanted to do. I'd pray for the sick. I would tell people on the street about God's love and His goodness towards them. I would invite people to church that maybe others wouldn't invite because they're pretty stinky, some of them. But I knew what it was to have such a love for people and a love for God. And I just, I didn't matter what others thought. I wanted to pursue all he said that I was capable of being for him in my lifetime. I didn't want to have some of it. I want to have my cake and eat it. Anybody else? I wanted to experience what he said was possible, not was impossible. I wanted it to become the probable as a part of my life. But I can tell you now that the opinions of others, the comments to me, things like, oh, you're a bit radical. You're a bit of an extremist. Caused me to want to actually dampen down my enthusiasm for God to dampen down my desire for Him and my love and my thirst for Him. It actually became quite discouraging. There are times when we become pressured by life circumstances, when things are challenging us. But it doesn't have to stay that way. In the season we're at right now, you know, Jesus was asked the question, are you willing? We read it in Luke 5, 12. When Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Got to understand there's nothing about God where he's not willing. He's not willing to condone sin. He's not willing to condone sin for a season and He's not willing to condone us living a life where we partake in sin and then say, but God, what about your grace? There is a consequence for living with sin and it's called separation from Him. There have been times in my life where I've allowed things to come upon and in my life where I felt a distance come between me and Him and I had to choose to change. I had to ask myself, was I willing to let go things that appeased what I wanted at that season to say, I want to choose you because I know that you are the game changer. I think that when we realize that he's an if you can moment, God, that with him all things are possible, it changes the way that we think. The question I believe that he's asking us today is, are we willing are we willing to create the moment? Are we willing to create the moment where we see the divine, the miraculous things of God come upon our life? Are we willing to take the time to crack open something fresh in God's Word and to dig a little deeper? Are we look, willing to look into God's Word and see what He's saying about the situations and the circumstances that we're faced with and how we should act? Are we willing to pray and break through on behalf of what our needs are or we're always going to rely on the prayer of others? See, God doesn't want us to be little all the time. He wants us to grow in our maturity in Him. And He's saying, it's time. 
See, I don't believe about a God who can do things sometimes. I believe, believe about a God who can do things all the time. Yeah. I don't dream about a church that is like not full. I believe about a church that's heaving full. Yeah. What's it going to be like when there are lines of people up the road, up northern you know, Eastern Valley Way? What's it going to be like when there is no more room at the back and there are no more seats? There might be some unhappy people, but I say, bring it on. Just come a little bit earlier. But I want to understand that God's, and if you can moment, God. And you know what? When he was asked this in Mark 9 by the man who had a son who was possessed by a spirit, and it would throw him into the fire and throw him into the water. Imagine being in that situation where you have a son that is traumatized, that is being hurt, being literally afflicted, and hearing about a God who could. He says this, as often, the spirit has often thrown him into the fire or water and has tried to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything. Is possible with one who believes. He's an if you can God. I can imagine Jesus when he was asked that question, what do you mean if I can? (laughs) Haven't you seen anything yet? If you can, is it possible? Of course he can. He's able to do exceedingly above all we can think, dream, or imagine. So when I think about sickness, it's got to give way. When I think about cancers, it's got to give way. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, I believe what the Word of God says that we can have this because we are His. It's not about us. It's because who He is and who lives in us. And then we pray. The Bible says the prayer often in faith shall make the sick person well. So either we believe it or we don't. And He's a God who says, I can. I believe He would ask us, are we willing to make room for Him, for the Holy Spirit, for the divine moments that surround our lives on a daily basis, for the encounters with the Holy Spirit that He wants to bring? Are we willing to make room for the unexpected, to interrupt our normality and become the normal? I don't believe mundane is good. And I don't believe good is good. I believe good is the enemy of great and what is possible when it comes to my God. Because he's a great God, he's a good God, but he's, a, he's magnificent. He's absolutely massive. The divine, the godly, the godlike, the saintly, the rare, the supernatural from God, he wants to bring upon our normality and make it normal. Mark 16, it says this in verses 17 to 18, And these signs shall accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues, and they'll pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. I think we've settled it. We'll speak in other tongues. You could understand something. I was down the back this morning. I saw this little measuring tape, not really the usual size that I would normally use. But I felt God said to me, he said, he said as I was praying about the morning, as I was walking through the auditorium, and I, I saw this, he said, you know what, Adrian, it's not just about everybody else. It's about you too. It's about you measuring up. And you are, you are portioning to yourself that faith that you're, you're talking about this morning. It's about you extending your reach and actually putting yourself out there in a place where we can believe and where you should believe that with God all things are possible. And I felt him say to me, come on, giddy up, let's go. Because it's not just about some of us, it's about all of us on this journey together. We're exploring and believing God to do exceedingly abundantly above. He would ask us, are we willing to get out of the boat? Willing to do the things that we haven't done for a while? Are we willing to do the things and to try the things that we haven't done before? Yeah. Remember being 17 years of age, 
sitting on the shores of Lake Tarawera on a jetty and thinking about Peter walking on water. Because I was a very practical person and I believed it was literal, I remember sitting there on the, on the jetty and dangling my feet into the water. It was Easter. It was pretty cold, colder than here at Easter, let me tell you. But I remember the day and I remember sitting there and just having that knowing that if you want to do this, you can do this, God. Come on, God, we can do this. It's almost like you said, one, two, three, go. But I just, I, I remember sitting there and being confronted with the reality that it is possible. So I stepped out and I walked from one side to the other in my dreams. No, it went splash and I got rather wet. But I had this overwhelming knowing in my heart's church that it's possible to believe God for these things. And I've seen these things take place. But he's asking us, are we prepared to step out of the normal, out of the normal vehicle? The vehicle that he wants to use is you and I. He doesn't need you. He doesn't have to use you. He chooses to use you by His grace and His graciousness to pour His Spirit through you to be His ambassadors here on earth. He doesn't have to use you, but it's part of the blessing of being His. But He says to us, are we willing to step out of, this, out of the boat, out of the comfort, out of the security and the safety of what's comfortable and what's you know, maybe the obscure and to be standing out there and saying, well, I'm going to give it a go. Are we prepared to get out of the boat and ask our friends to come to church? Are we prepared to go out and pray for the sick? Are we prepared to pray for ourselves first before we reach for the Panadol? It's about all of us. And I want to inspire us this morning. There is so much more available to us in the season, especially when we consider the Holy Spirit who is on us and wants to work through us. It's in Matthew 14, that story about Peter. When the disciples, in verse 26 it's reading from, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. Take courage. Maybe they felt a little bit discouraged. They didn't understand that a storm was going to whip up and they were feeling frightened and afraid. And in the midst of your storm today, no matter what you're faced with, no matter what, Physical diagnosis has been proclaimed over your life. The Bible declares that God is with those who heal us, but sometimes the facts are discouraging. It doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change what He can do. It doesn't change what is possible. Sometimes when we pray, nothing happens. I've prayed for thousands of people and nothing's happened. I've prayed for some people and things have happened. The miraculous things have happened the things that are unexplainable. Take courage. Take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid. What if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and being, he began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. God the Father doesn't ask us to do what's not possible. He asks us to do what's possible. And in the times when we step out of the boat and we reach out of our circumstances and we believe Him in faith, and it's often spelled R-I-S-K. And often we don't want to risk it all because of what people might think about us. (laughs) 
He wants to reach out into the frailty of our humanity, understanding our weaknesses, and he wants to reach down, take us by the hand, and to lead us to a place of security and safety. Because he's not a God who should lie. He's a God who says he can do, and he does. I believe he'd say to us, are we willing to make room? And if the musicians could come and join me, that'd be great. Are we willing to make room for others? Are we willing to step out of the boat and make room for others and actually to clear a way for others? Are we prepared to be not just prayers, but are we prepared to be people who would be askers, inviters and bringers? Are we prepared to make room at the table for others to come and eat with us? If we have the really the best news in all the world that Christ changed our lives and He's alive and He's risen and He's not in some tomb, surely we want to yell it from the, from the highways. We'd want to let our light shine. But are we willing to make room for others and the mess that it could be going on a journey with us, not just taking people and saying, there you go, go to that class and you'll work it out and all the best, pat on the back. Are we prepared to go on a journey with people? We will invite them to discover the magnificence of who Christ is, the amazing grace that He pours out upon our lives, the peace that is available, the joy that is there, that it becomes big and unspeakable and full of glory. The knowing what it is to be washed whiter than snow, that feeling of what it was like when you first found Christ, when you knew that it was going to be okay. Are we prepared to make room for others? To be like the people in Luke 5 that we read in 17 to 20. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers. Interesting that they were there. I'm sure they had a bit to say about it. They were sitting there. And they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they tried to take him into the house to lay before Jesus when they couldn't find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The story goes on and the man stood up, took his mat and he walked away. One translation says this, that there was no room at the door that there was so many people that they couldn't get in through the normal way. Are we prepared to make room for others where it's maybe the unorthodox, to go and find another way? Maybe it means you getting out of your own little comfort zone, out of your rocking chair at times, and it applies to me because it's comfortable. And to step out and actually be in a place of uncomfortability, we can he can bring his supernatural upon my normal and allow it become a normality for me? Am I prepared to be inviters of those that I would meet on the street? Those that would be in my workplace to risk it all and say, why don't you come to church? It's amazing. It's going to be incredible. And to risk the opinions of people. You see, we love what He can do, but the question is, do we love Him? He's asking us this morning, are we willing when I think about those men, and I think about them ripping open the tiles, it wouldn't have been a pretty sight because there would have been dust, debris falling down. There would have been some people that would have been pretty indignant about what was going on. And how come you're doing that? Why are you doing that? One translation says they ripped the roof open to make a way for their friend. Are we prepared to make a way in prayer? 
We are prepared to make a way in being bringers, not just askers, to invite others to eat and to drink and to taste how amazing He is. It's not just about what He can do and what He's done, but it's about who He is. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.